0: We are live with a pre-matrimonial, completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, October 7, 2014. Besides my still semi-single, but soon not to be, Ian Ferguson. That's me. Um, Yes, definitely getting married this week. Uh, I'm Pat Contry. On Saturday.
1: How you doing, Ian? I'm, you know, just... Nervous? No, not really. I'm ready to go. Cold feet. Uh, no, I'm I'm more just concerned, you know, about what temperature it's going to be on Saturday. They're saying it's 84. Be, that's a that's a little that's a little toasty, but it'll be it'll be nice. Uh, better than rain. Well, I have a top hat and coattails, and I mean that's going to be warm.
0: What, what what is this 1890s? You're getting married. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Well, or or are you about to about to do like a big symphony and conduct it? No, <laughs> I just want to look fancy. <laughs> look fancy. Ian, you always look fancy. No, I don't. Right
1: now, I look sweaty and moist.
0: (laughs) The way the fans like it. Yeah, exactly. Coming up on the show, we'll be talking about uh, the Big Lebowski Pinball Machine, a premiere uh, of the new play field, and some of the track mode, and little toys and gadgets. We'll talk about the uh, Tetris movie that was just announced. Uh, The end of Saturday morning cartoons makes me sad. A new gold NWC cart on eBay without a label. The Zelda Hyrule Warriors, limited edition New York City, World Nintendo edition. A Retron 5 console price increase. Oh, And your Q&A. So, your wedding's coming up. I'll be there. Frank will be there with bells on. hmm It'll be a fun time. I
1: hope Frank actually has bells on. You think he can get bells to be on? <laughs> yeah. Um, there will be cupcakes, no brownies. Okay, that, that's acceptable. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's acceptable. There will be Mario Kart 8 and Street Fighter 4.
0: Whoa, whoa, like an LCD TV like set up there?
1: Oh, yeah. We're taking two TVs. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're doing a Mario Kart 8 for player. Should I, and should, no. I, should, I, should I bring my Nintendo and, and my retro USB card? No. And I'll just Street Fighter 4. Not unless you want to log along on another TV. <laughs> I, am,
0: I am good at Street Fighter 4. You've seen me. <laughs> yes. I've gone on a tear before. Yes, you have. Um, we have also coming up the fourth, excuse me, fifth annual NES Marathon Benefiting the Children's Network Hospitals. Uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. There it is on November eighth and 9th, which I'm planning. Ian, is is, is he's going to be there. Um, I got the poster coming out in a few days. The Indiegogo campaign will be live probably by the end of this weekend, if not early next week. There'll be uh, opportunities to choose what games to select us to play. Besides, we'll have tiers, uh, tier levels where if you get a, hit a certain amount, we'll play a certain game or do a certain challenge like color dinosaur, Sunday fun at karaoke, and also unlock certain things like guest appearances like in other years. So that'll be fun. We also have a Patreon for the podcast if you want to contribute. It's up to you. we would be very appreciated to help support us. It's patreon.com slash pixelsickle. P-X-L-S-I-C-L-E. So a Tetris movie was announced. I'm having deja vu. I'm having deja vu, too.
1: It's like we just talked about this. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not something that needed to be made. And, you know, there's, there was an article in The New Yorker and they, uh, and they talked to some of the people who are going to be behind the movie, and uh, the threshold
0: entertainment group,
1: yeah, the threshold entertainment group, and they have described it as going it's going to be an epic sci-fi adventure. This is not going to be. Uh, a movie about blocks with feet, uh, or, or tetrominos uh, as we know them, uh, they they say that they are going to work on the general theme that Tetris is about creating order out of chaos. And so, I don't, I mean, this this to me is a bunch of word vomit spewed out in the general direction of the public. It means nothing.
0: So they could have actually just bought the rights to use a name and then apply it to any, any script that they have laying around even. Yes. So like a battleship movie came out in the past few years. They've announced a lot of these. They used to announce, like a pong movie and like space invaders. But the battleship at least at least battleship it's a goofy board game, but it's actually based on war. And there have been lots of movies in World War Two movies about battleships fighting each other. So at least that's a tangible sort of concept. Sure,
1: just like when they did Clue. Yeah, it yes. was based
0: on a board game, but it's just a murder mystery at the heart of it.
1: But like that's so, so,
0: doable. And you, but he use a cat. There's characters in Clue, right? Exactly. There's no characters in Tetris. No. I don't think uh, the tetrads even if they had they have names I don't think they are you know their own characters and personality types Well, in the PR spin the, the the delicious
1: PR spin on this <laughs> is that they approach that they approach the characters with the utmost respect it's like what 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 characters there is no care there are no characters in Tetris there's a square there's a Z <laughs> there's a straight
0: piece and there's a T. It's a backwards Z too yeah yeah fine so a, the handful of pieces yeah um it, it's funny that the, they're, they're, these supposedly I guess these people helped do or were involved somehow with the Mortal Kombat movies in the 90s? So those were decent, especially the first one. Yeah, but we can't really find how they
1: were involved. Well, what, yeah. we, what we do know that they were involved in was, was Food Fight, which was a movie that after 10 years of of, of, mark, uh, of production hell uh, got a straight-to-DVD release, and it's about uh, a bunch of different food brands and mascot characters trying to uh, fend off like Nazi-type enemies from uh, a, a grocery
0: store. So it's, so, an, it's so, entirely a movie based on product placement. So it wasn't based upon the old Atari game at all? No. Okay, so that might have been fun. No. So Threshold Entertainment Group, also known as Threshold Entertainment, formerly known as Amalgamated Widgets, is an intellectual property company, which I guess that means they buy intellectual property as to resell it. I don't know. Resellers? And then they have an animation subsidiary, Threshold Animation Studio, and they produce films. So the the animation studio has done theme park films, Star Trek 4D, the Las Vegas Hilton, Armageddon, Les Effets Specials, in Disneyland Paris, I butchered that, Mission Space, which I've been on, excellent ride, at Walt Disney's Epcot, uh, Bob the Builder 4D, at Legoland, Marvel Superheroes 4D, at Madame Tussauds, probably somewhere in France, and then two, I guess it'll, it'll be the upcoming Warner Brothers Movie World, which I don't know nothing about, but that sounds cool, I guess, maybe there's a Zack Snyder, you know, guy in a, guy in a Zack Snyder suit running around, you can punch, mm. Justice League, Alien Invasion 3D, and a, DC Comics, Justice League, whatever. And they've done Lego Star Wars Car- on Cartoon 2 Network, Lego Atlantis, The Afterlife. And, as you said, they've done the Food Fight film. So, again, I don't know how they're going to do this, or if they're just buying... The, the actual Tetris rights to give to someone else to do, animated, I don't know.
1: This sounds like a terrible idea. Could someone send them an email uh, mentioning that 4D is not something we can see? <laughs> it's <laughs> not something that Einstein's come up with a way to get <laughs> and, and, and to? That's, yeah, that's a load of bullshit. And also, Madame Tussauds is probably, I don't know, there might be one in France, but that's the Wax Museum. I think there's
0: one in Vegas. Really? There's one in Canada. they so they going to make a, a movie for I the... Think- for the- They'd have, like, wax Tetris, Tetraminos like, just <laughs> pose and then you could watch the movie oh, later. yeah, I don't
1: even want to fucking think about so, it. So,
0: I mean, the, the Food Fight movie that you referenced uh, supposedly cost tens of millions of dollars somehow. I Money guess, well spent. Had 80 familiar mascots. That's probably where it came from. So, Mr. Clean, Chef Stark, Kiss Charlie the Tuna. Who the hell would want to see this? No one. That's why I went straight to DVD took 10 years and tens of millions of dollars to produce, but failed to make it to theaters. was released finally on DVD last year. The reviews were notably harsh. Kasanoff, who I guess is the, the executive at Threshold, said that it had been discouraged from talking about the project large project because of legal issues, but explained that Food Fight lost some of its backing during the financial crisis and had therefore never been properly completed. Oh, that's why. Yep. Not the fact that it was a god-awful a idea, idea to begin with. Woo! Well, there was that documentary I was a part of four years ago uh that I uh, yeah, I hosted that that's really the only thing I did with the movie it was that so i don't know tetris is a is a game with a storied history lots of legal battles hell that would have been an interesting idea for the movie about maybe the development of tetris in in russia Sure. 84 like, like, then the, the nintendo and atari fighting over it that could have been a cool even documentary to talk about and then how well,
1: i believe the ownership rights were claimed by russia and you know Pidget Knob didn't get anything for years Yeah, from Tetris.
0: I, I, and now I, I believe... Actually, I think I met the guy. He was there four years old. the documentary. So there is a company that now owns, I guess, at least the U.S. rights to it. They come out with, like, handheld games, and they do, like, mobile versions of it. Tetris. So Tetris is still around. I mean, it doesn't have nearly the same sort of chutzpah it used to. I think right, the EA reputation.
1: actually has Tetris now. Do they really? I think.
0: Maybe they, maybe they have the console rights to it. Or they, did, they at least did a couple. But they don't own the rights to Tetris itself. No. So, so what are the odds this actually comes out? I don't like, know. I don't fucking e- care. Even direct to Amazon Prime or direct to Netflix. I don't
1: know. 30
0: to 1. Sure. 40 to 1. Yeah, why not? Better odds than Buster Douglas beating Tyson. Good. Great. <laughs> no, one, no one cares.
1: Um, But something that is much more interesting, and something that we both care about. I'm a huge pinball fan. Pat likes it, too. I love pinball. Um, Big Lebowski Pinball was announced last year, and... Uh, we, I was pretty excited about the license. Um, I would love to see an era of pinball come back where we get some unlicensed tables, but we're probably a ways away. But at least... This is skewing for a different market. A lot of pinball machines that come out these days um, are shooting for this like mid forties to mid fifties market because pinball machines are expensive. So you get a lot of classic rock theme tables. You get a lot of tables based on cars and stuff like
0: that. Well, you get new movies though from Stern though. All new you, movies. Yeah,
1: and then well, and that's the other half of it. Then you get the new easy movies. You get you know the the, the ones that are popular. You get your Iron Mans, your Spider Mans, your superhero flicks. It's, it's It's risky to take something that's a cult hit like the uh, Big Lebowski, and then make a pinball machine out of it, which is a cult hobby.
0: I would, I, would, I would argue though that since that at this point, what how many new pinball machines a year are there uh, upwards of four at Two. most? Two. two from Stern, one two. from Jersey Jack, maybe? No, two from... Well, it, yeah, uh, on a good year,
1: two from Stern, one from Jersey Jack. And then
0: one from other, some other boutique that does a remake of Medieval you'll Manus. never,
1: coming. you'll never fucking see because they do them in numbers of like 100 has or, that, or has that,
0: 15. Has that Medieval Manus remake even come out yet? Is that still in the works? It's probably still in the works. So, it was, it was, that, that thing's been talked about for years. So, this is good, though. I think this is at least... To me, this is not a movie license in terms of like the, the, the Star Trek one they just came out with a couple years ago or the Spider-Man one that came out, or they do the Hobbit. I think Jersey Jack's doing the Hobbit because this is a movie that, like you said, it's a cult. This isn't a new movie. This isn't like ordinarily have a new fan base. This is to me almost like an original property. It's so it's like it's 16 years old at this point. I mean, you it know. does ha- kind of have that feel. This has so, never happened before. You do a movie that's that old. So, anyways, I was I was worried
1: because this table is being made by a bunch of, uh, and I don't mean this is an insult by a bunch of no names though in the, in the pinball industry. Um, most so, tables, you know, are currently designed by popular names um, from pinballs heyday, and the new people who are being trained up by these people at places like Stern or Jersey Jack are, you know, very much being trained up by the old guard. Sure. Um, These guys literally came out of nowhere, as far as I can tell. And when they revealed the table... Holy shit! It's gorgeous. I mean, yes. it's, it's, it's 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 There's nothing that isn't beautiful about this table. Um, everything from the sunken uh, bowling alley playfield to the little Brunswick uh, ball returns on the ramp. Yeah, it's it, um, the Brunswick it has a, a sunken playfield where you can bowl. I just said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, at it. the the rug that unrolls as it gets hit. Um, you know, all of this looks great and it has really kind of. Restored my faith a little bit in the in, in the machine. Now, anyone who plays pinball regularly will tell you you got to get your hands on it. You got to feel the angles. You got to see if the rule set is good. Sure. Um, there are plenty of very well designed machines that have horrible rule sets and that sinks them. Um, but at least as of right now, I am once again interested in the table.
0: Yeah, I think I think what this comes down to is this. Uh, it, you can buy a property like this and try to do, I don't know, again, I don't know how you would do a cash-in on a property of 16 years old, but you could have just thrown something out there. This has so much thought put into this. When you look at the things included on the playfield, you have a white Russian glass sitting there underneath. Under the, that 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 is cool. You have the rug that unfolds, and it's almost right in the middle of the playfield. Uh-huh. So it's tying the playfield together, like tying the room yeah, together. Yeah,
1: it's the center shot.
0: Like you said, you have the ball returns, which is like a bowling ball return. You have the upper right. It's That's the bowling alley in the upper right. and The, the
1: actual outside of the bowling alley. Yeah. Yes,
0: and so once you get up there, I guess you if you put it through the garage, I think the door opens, and then they actually have a model of the dude's car in there that, that'll that be on the play field. Yeah. And I guess that'll probably lead to the bowling mode, probably something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, of course, bowling, which is really what holds the whole movie together. That's really how it's structured. They're they're bowling like seven scenes in the movie, eight scenes. That's probably what's going to happen. Well, with this, it makes sense that it's a bowling game. Yeah, but I mean, if you
1: look at it, um, it was fun because it was like looking at the lights, there's lots of like little nods to it. Like there's a There's like nihilist mania or something like that was one of the light up modes, the, and there's like there's a market I mean, zero. Yeah, there's a market zero. I mean, there's tons of modes that are are not at all pinball uh, or uh, bowling re- uh, related, but it does look more or less like I expected it to look, which is a heavy focus on the bowling alley, which is cool. I think that's I you mean, like you like that. It's just it, in it's, the got, it's got it's got no. I no. I mean the the whole theme of the table is very bowling alley themed. I oh, mean there's things like, like the okay. rug and the White Russian, but. It is very much centered on if they if there was a number one design element they took from it, it's bowling alley. So and also another great thing that I I, I want to point out because if you don't play pinball you don't notice this. Um, it's very rare to see hand drawn artwork on a pinball machine these days. Uh, the sure. X Men machine is one that actually did it. Um, that's a really great example of a well designed machine that had a horrible rule set. Uh, but, yeah, this is great. It's almost all hand-drawn artwork with the exception of the light-up faces for the different characters. And that could even be changed by the time the machine goes into full production.
0: Oh, sure. I, I mean, the cool thing about modern, this is the one cool thing about these modern pinball machines, is that you can install, like, firmware and software updates that are released. So things can change. Like they said, if the rule set stinks, they could change it. That, that's the least of your concerns at that point with the software. But to me, they nailed this play field. They nailed it. In fact, the only thing I have a problem with is that the art is so cool. It almost looks like a machine. In terms of the color the color patterns, you have the, 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 these, this, that, that reddish-orange color and the blues. It almost looks like a machine from the 70s in terms of the, the color scheme. And they have uh, Bunny on one side and the old uh, Rich Jeffrey Lebowski yeah. uh, on the bottom. What are those called there? Those are called just bumpers?
1: Uh, in-lane. In-lane. Uh, They're the pop bumper caps. Pop bumper or caps. Not, well, uh, slingshot
0: caps. Okay those are art however you have the faces of six of the main cast that's it, what i was saying that's it, the it, one
1: thing that's strikingly different it's just they digital. can change that they can change that
0: that's that's my only concern I, other than that though um there there's a bunch of different you already see when the when the rug unrolls you have the different play modes mm-hmm. and that art is there so one's the rug getting peed on um one is is um is uh the, the car getting smashed by Walter mm-hmm. with, with you know and that scene, what was that, like a, it was a Corvette he was smashing with the tire iron? Um, you have the, the, the ashes scene, the, the infamous ashes scene. So there's a lot of cool ideas here. The thing is the price on this. And I want a pinball machine. And I only have room for one, maybe two if I get rid of some of this crap. But I have one that can go right there instead of the main cabin. I would shit can that main cabinet in a second for a pinball machine. This is up my alley. Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies, it's a brilliant movie it has a twisted and but intelligent sense of humor uh to to the film it's a film that the first time I saw in college I couldn't stand the second time I loved it I got it the second time and a lot of people were like that so this costs 8500 there's no different editions though there's no regular than pro than limited f that this is this is the edition of it the edition and there's no going to be a limited run where you know where, oh, we're we're going to make like 30 or 40 of them they're going to make however many people people buy and they'll keep making them which is good that'll help probably keep the cost down in the long run um, so it's $8,500 plus shipping. That's a chunk of change. So I like to think about that.
1: I don't know. I mean, for me, is is great as it looks, I hope someone local buys one. I hope the local pinball club decides that they need to have it and they install it somewhere. Because in California, we do have one of the pinball world champs, usually the pinball world champ. I don't know if he still holds it. So we do get a lot of these nicer machines placed in bars where he maintains them for use of the pinball club. love to play one, but... 9K? Not only can I not even begin to imagine what that would cost, or not not only
0: can I imagine what it costs
1: costs. not not only can I not even begin to think about owning something like that, but to me I like so many different pinball machines that I could get something that I will probably have just as much fun with for a grand. I already have one, I've got room for one more, and as much as I would love it to be Big Lebowski I can find something just as cool for at least to me, for a thousand or fifteen hundred. Sure. You know, if I if I save up for it, and, well, and that's the problem with new pinball machines. It's it's not a it, it's a rich it's a rich old man's hobby, which is why I find the theme of this so interesting because it's not really targeted to that demographic.
0: Well, this is how I'm going to try to justify it for the machines that I want, and there's only a handful I'd actually would would want, like, uh, Medieval, like- Medieval Madness or Twilight Zone or Circus uh, the Circus Voltaire one. Um, these are you
1: really have spent a lot of time playing Circus Voltaire. Uh, yeah, in Portland, I have. Okay, that's not a lot of time.
0: Arabian Nights, that's a little cheaper, but these are all machines... Totan is that- boring as fuck. These are all machines that cost four grand, at least. Medieval yeah, medieval half co- the price. Medieval Madness will cost like six or seven. No, Medieval Madness
1: is about eight to... Shit, they went as high as 14. Well, there you
0: go. This is this is eight no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> the one machine you want is comparable in price. The
0: other two you want are half well, the price. Well, no, are not half. probably 4500 or 5000 at this point. It probably would be.
1: You could get four yeah, four to four point five And these are
0: used. This is new too. So that
1: that, that, that you gotta look at that too. But we also have no idea what sort of build quality they're going to put out. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I, I think nine grand for a machine is fucking insane. I think the prices Stern was charging were fucking insane. But
0: this is probably going to be built better than a Stern machine. I, I have that feeling because people complain about I think one reason that Stern gets you to get those higher end ones because they, they, they have like, oh, the ACDC one with, doesn't have the lower play field for the regular edition. It's just bullshit.
1: Yeah, but see, no one pays attention to those. And even the, the premium priced ones are cheap, though, like seven. And yeah, they're not—they're not the best quality. And I'm not defending Stern. I don't like a lot of their tables, but um, I just—I don't know. I, I the the ever increasing price of the hobby is something that doesn't really excite me. And as much as it looks good now. I'm trying. I know everyone, everyone's going to be like, oh, Ian hates everything. Um, yeah. Everyone was all about Wizard of Oz, and no one fucking talks about it anymore. You know why? Because it had a great design, it looked flashy as shit, and it came out with a bare ass rule set, and everyone was like, well, this is boring as fuck. Well, can they update the, the rule set, though? Yeah, they can, but
0: Damage you hate done?
1: this in video games. Yeah, well, th- that's the problem. Okay, so, so X Men finally got a good rule set. By the time X Men finally got a good rule set. Yeah. Damage was done. Damage was completely done. People had already sold off well, their LEs for, like, nothing.
0: This machine, though, they designed this. They actually got input on the play field with this. A lot of this stuff, they, they asked way back when they announced this. They're like, what do you want to see in this game? What do you want to see?
1: That's not something that not a, a do- good
0: designer would ask. Well, it looks good so far. It does. I just, I don't know. I, I, hope uh, that, I, might, I might put in, you can always cancel the pre-order. So this is going to sh- ship uh, supposedly quarter two of next year, probably around June.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't uh, want to cancel your pre-order until you got it and realized you didn't have fun with it. That's the problem. Well, I can
0: put it back on eBay. I, <laughs> I
1: don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if right, I had 9K on. to burn, I would do it and take the risk. But I'm just coming from from a person who doesn't have a lot of money. That's, that's a big gamble. No okay. matter how good it looks.
0: You're talking to someone that bought two NWC cards. I, I don't fucking care what you bought. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I put the risk into that. It, there's so. no risk in that. You knew that that was going to
1: go up in price. Well, you, you know if you ever need to get rid of yeah, those, you can. I'm not buying a there's pinball. There's no fucking risk in that. I'm not, buying Zero. Risk. I'm
0: not buying a pinball machine so that it goes up in price. I'm going to buy it to play the fuck out of it. Yeah. yeah. What, I, what I'm saying is, is, where was the risk in you buying the NWC carts? <laughs> That's cards. still a chunk of change to drop. It's a chunk of change, no risk. End of Saturday morning cartoons. Pat, take it away. <laughs> so this is depressing because this just marks the fact that you know I both are getting older, but it's also I think the the, the change of a generational sort of attitude towards not just entertainment but interaction. So on September twenty seventh, the last, the last I guess I didn't know it got down to this point. CW. Uh, which is syndicated, everyone has CW. It used to be Warner Brothers, and they also had mm-hmm. uh, UPN, and they combined to be the CW about like, 10, 12 years ago. Um, the last remaining Saturday car- morning cartoon lineup was run on September 27th, and that ended um, over 50 years of network Saturday morning cartoon blocks. So, I mean, it's it's sad, I, but again, I guess that's a reflection of modern times with... I guess kids, they get up nowadays and they'll go on their iPads or the computer and watch stuff on YouTube or, I mean, hell, there's no reason to even watch. This goes, more and more people don't even have cable anymore. They can watch any show online or Hulu or Netflix. So what's the point of getting up, you know, to these kids that they're never going to experience though? But it was such a social thing. Not even with just, you know, with your brothers and sisters. I had one sister. I still do. (laughs) Kind of. And uh, we, we got up at like 6.30. Yeah. You got up ass early to watch. I think I usually that early. I'd watch whatever weird ass show was on. Probably Spartacus was still on. You know, was on Nickelodeon that early. Remember that weird ass Spartacus yeah. cartoon? Spartacus. Anyway, look it up, people. And then from there, we're gonna switch between the three: NBC, CBS, and ABC. What should we watch? Should we watch Garfield and Friends, or should we watch this? You know, you know what I mean? should we should watch K- Kissy Fur, or should, or should we watch know, Gummy Fur. Bears? You know, like, like we you had to decide. You 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 got out the newspaper, get the highlighter. and I always do this. way. plan out what we watch, what we watch, we, uh, up up and down that like five hour time lock until my father would come in and yell at us at eleven thirty. Turn the TV off and go outside, so you know? this, which was usually right after Dungeons and Dragons. This is how <laughs> my brother and I used to do it this way. So we would we would get up
1: about six as well, you know, and. uh... We would start by eating, like, you know, bowls of cereal. And whenever, you know, the the, the show was over, you know, it would be like, we, we didn't want to get up. We didn't want to miss anything. So it was like, okay, if you get my bowls of cereal for the next half hour... You know, you can pick, you can pick the show. So we would, bowls?
0: How many bowls were you? Oh, we would eat freaking, a
1: lot. We would eat a lot. And then I remember specifically oh, kids. this was this was this was the the thing that we did as it transitioned into luncheon time around like eleven o'clock. We would just start eating cold cuts straight up out of the Ziploc bags. You know that my mom would get you know from the deli at Wegmans and stuff. Oscar yeah. Mayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's how we bartered. Like, who got to pick the next show? Was well, I don't want to get up off the couch, so you go get me the food. We <laughs> we
0: would, we would uh, yeah, it's. It's sad though. Do you think kids are gonna or miss something in that whole experience by or you think it's gonna be are we just we we're just looking at it with, you know, rose tinted glasses or is there something to be said for getting up with your siblings or friends, I mean I'm gonna, if, you had, if you had a sleepover party when you're a kid and you get up Saturday morning and watch cartoons or hell, every once in a while you go you go over to your friend's house and watch sure. it.
1: I mean, I have to admit, I, I do think a lot of it is rose tinted glasses. It's what we did as kids. Sure. I I, I really do because they can kinda of get the same experience. Um, a lot of these kids are watching, you know, cartoons probably in the same amount, so it's not like animations going downhill, but they're watching them later at night on Cartoon Network, like adult uh, not I, adult swim, but I mean I like would a-
0: say children's cartoons have gone downhill though. That's not just me saying, Oh, I think the, the quality per capita of those Saturday morning cartoons are by and large very nice. They're nicely drawn. You give me that face, but you had all the Disney cartoons. You had stuff like Dungeons and Dragons. You had Garfield and Friends. Was, was stuff like that that was brilliant, consistently produced. There were good ones. I mean, I you know, Voltron was, was a Saturday morning cartoon. I don't count that one as a Saturday morning one. Was that on Saturday morning? I thought that was Afternoon Syndicate. Uh,
1: I feel I remember that one being on Saturday morning. But I even the Fox it. ones, like Eek the Cat was brilliant. See, Eek was... That's like one of the last Saturday morning cartoons I, I really remember. now. The X-Men? I loved. X-Men was fantastic. Um... I used to, I mean, honestly, the Saturday morning cartoons that I used to watch the most, uh, I'm a huge Tom and Jerry fan. I used to love, like, the old blocks of Tom and Jerry. So Jets you're counting or,
0: those? See, I'm counting the three major networks. Like, well, and yeah, then and
1: those or. networks put those on as filler. You would get... Very early they, they, yeah, very early or when... A show would go off of that spot. Okay. And they didn't have anything to fill it. I always looked forward to like the Tom and Jerry cartoons and stuff like that. That in the Jetsons, especially. That's 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 the stuff that I looked forward to.
0: And then you would had Hanna Barbera. Usually, the USA Network would run like the Hanna Barbera block. See, I like yeah. I liked the USA. I actually liked the USA Network Hanna Barbera. Now we usually even go. I think into the afternoons. I think Sunday morning. I we'd watch Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Would be maybe Sunday that was morning. Sunday.
1: Thing is, is. I look back on Hanna-Barbera cartoons now, and I find so many of them unwatchable.
0: Great Babe, Captain Caveman, no? You don't like... I thought there was a charm to them. Or the hounds that were solved crimes, detected the two the two hound dogs. Remember that one? Yeah, and I, 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 can,
1: I kind of like Top Cat. Like Top Cat? Mainly for
0: his little blue sidekick. Well, kit. the Hanna-Barbera cartoons had that other sort of weird charm to them where it was like just a little off-kilter usually.
1: Some of them were, all right, but like... Captain uh, Caveman! Uh, you look back on, on Flintstones, and that's one of the most
0: unwatchable and insulting oh, cartoons garbage. I've ever seen. That was garbage when I was a kid, and I can't watch it now. And honestly, other than it's, other than it's but, meat... But, but it, that wasn't Saturday morning to me. That was Saturday. I mean, no, now we're, we're just talking that was, cartoons. That was a prime time show. That was a Simpsons of the sixties
1: and seventies. But my my main you know. reason for liking the Jetsons was its bizarre vision of the future. Sure. The cartoon itself. Yeah. Not really that great. But yeah, so, no, it's it's sad. I think we are looking back fondly with nostalgia. I don't think this is Necessarily a great cultural tradition that is going to be mourned in you know decades to come. I don't know, but we're that weird generation that we're the last one that had it. But I will say, know. I will say that when I hit, when when I did see that you know pop up on our list of things to talk about, you got sad. I said, "There's no way." No, well, it, I got sad, but not because I still watch Saturday morning cartoons, but because I just thought to myself, "There's no fucking way that there's no more cartoons on Saturday morning." Well, there's I cartoons mean, just at the major networks, don't right? Have them. But but it's just you know my entire. 32 years of existence there have been cartoons on Saturday morning network TV to watch.
0: Yeah, so yeah, and then I remember the, I remember when NBC got out of it in the early '90s. Yes, it was probably like '92. That's when they did or were '93. They,
1: were they the one to put on Saved by the Bell? Yeah, they yeah, did. They, like they did like the block Just of like Saved by drop. the Bell
0: and California Dreaming. Yeah, and they had like a third show like that. And I saw, it, I was like, what? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, NBC had like a lot of good, like good ones. Yeah, my brother, NBC would be put. Had the, they? NBC had the Disney ones before they were even on the Disney. They had Gummy Bears on. Yep, and, and Kissy Fur and other ones like that. They had the Wuzzles. Or was that ABC? The Wuzzles? I forget. But you know, but they had a lot of these fun, sort of, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Wuzzles. That was a fantastic concept. No, I, I know. You it's, weren't a Wuzzle, fan? Well, I mean, I remember the name, but
1: I don't actually remember what the fuck it was. Every
0: animal was two things. You were a bear. Oh, and
1: you were a bee. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I liked. I, no, you were a tiger and a bee. I think it was a tiger and a
0: bee. But isn't that a brilliant concept? It's kind of sick when you think about it. But anyway, I like bees. Maya the Bee, that's Nickelodeon. That was a German cartoon. That,
1: that's been around for, I, I
0: believe, five centuries. We're, now, we're, 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 we're spinning off here. That's but, an old,
1: Maya the Bee is an old wood cutting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can continue. That and David the Gnome. Yeah. All right, so I'm um, sad to see it go. I'm sure if you go on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, they're, they're still running a block that you can watch. Sure. It's 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 having it's the, those networks. Yeah. The network blocks where every year it'd be a new set of cartoons. You'd have a few that would go on. But you'd have like Garfield and Friends on like for like five years, which is one of the best ones. But then you'd have other ones that would rotate in or rotate out. Which one? Garfield and Friends. Very good. Don't give me the eyes. You're gonna you're gonna get killed in the comments for not liking Garfield and Friends. Alright. You're <laughs> gonna get killed in the fucking comments regardless. Alright, so this this came up, this was this was a, a new NWC gold cart that came up for auction within the past, I believe, week and then it was pulled. This was a strange one though. I think this is a second one uh that didn't have a label on it. So, if you know anything about the Golden WC cards, they're basically laser printed the little yeah. symbol, the little triangle symbol, and then like paste it on with with glue. So, people were thinking that this was a faked one. However, it doesn't make much sense to fake one. And this is why. To fake one of these, you need an NWC gray card. Cuz you can tell pretty quickly with a board whether or not it's real or not. Faking a board probably could cost you a ton of money yeah. to come even close to doing it. So you need a grey cart. You need to cannibalize that grey cart. You need to get a Zelda cart. You need to then take the label off that and then put glue on it. But then you get to the point where you're now selling the least valuable gold cart without having a label. So what's the point of doing that? You're running the risk of selling a gold cart and cannibalizing a grey one that won't come near probably the cost of the grey one unless you have destroyed grey one. So it was determined pretty quickly and also based upon the location that this was probably one of the unknown ones of the twenty six. Mine was number 13th. This was the 14th one discovered that this was probably is real and it looks real uh, from the pictures.
1: Yeah, I saw, I mean, you know, the, the, the glue itself is in the the appropriate shape of the label. Yes. And the only thing that caught my eye, and, I, and I, I'm not saying I think it's fake because I don't, but it just surprised me the way it came off in the pictures. As a person who spends a lot of time peeling labels off of things at work, you know, like old crusty mm-hmm. labels, that looks like a pretty clean appeal for a label that I kind of expected would have just been, like, shitty paper. Well, you don't know what, the, what the,
0: why the kid did it and, like, scraped it off. Yeah, I mean, who
1: knows? I mean, that's all I'm saying. But, I mean, it, it, your thoughts were exactly mine. The price of faking this for an extra couple grand... Plus, all the work you would have to put into it, it doesn't make any sense to me that, to do it.
0: Well, ma- making I made the fake gold one for the video with James. It actually wasn't that hard, but getting those labels up is tough, but it took like an hour and a half, two hours to do it. Um, and then you put it in the shell, and you have to cut it out. That could be a little hard to do it perfectly. But you, again, you have to fake the board, though. I mean, you don't have to fake the board. But the point is that, again, I'm tired. Um, it wouldn't make much sense to sell a shitty one. It would make more sense to create a fake label. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. The person that buys this, if they're going to make a shitty label on it, of course that'd have to be disclosed. Yes. Even though it's a shitty label to with, you're making a reproduction label to put on it. Well, I mean, the only thing you can hope is that whoever... I mean, it... it... I don't picture the person. First of all, I don't picture the buy, person buying this, flipping it. I'm just saying, five, ten years from now, maybe they'll sell. If it, if the price is up to fifty thousand dollars, they'll sell it. They should disclose that. If, However, the good news about these gold cards, whoever gets this, it probably will be recorded, and people are that's sure what I was say. Usually, Who buys what? Who buys it will be recorded.
1: So if suddenly this person is selling one with a label on it, it's an immediate red flag.
0: So this was found. This was found at a rummage sale, along with a lot of other NES games that were donated by someone who obviously didn't have any idea about the collection. So imagine that. I mean, hell, you, you got a gray one that came into the store. Funny story. I was found at a rummage sale. <laughs> so um, so imagine you go to the rummage sale and you see a shoebox of games. You're like, oh, Legend of Zelda. No. Yeah. You would, you know. I wonder if the person that found it, I'm not sure if the person that found it knew what it was beforehand, though. That's that's what I'm trying to figure out with that, if they, or if they if they went to someone. Oh, look what I got to their friend, and their friend's like, "Holy shit, do you know I just, what that yeah, is?"
1: Yeah, I like all these stories of these discoveries. You know, it's it so happens like the, much like the gray cart, you know, in, in our in our store, you know, a few years ago. Um, it's always a matter of like. It's, it's been like every two
0: years, one of these it, has been
1: found. It, but it's just weird. It's always like someone's in a rush, or someone doesn't know what they have, or you know, this. It 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 always seems to fall into the hands of someone who doesn't have any clue before being transferred over. It's 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 weird
0: how they just pop up still. So they took the auction down. It was starting bid at five thousand. I believe they got a bunch what they believe were shield bids, but I don't. They probably weren't some of them. And then they took it off the market. I think to probably sell on on a form like Nintendo Age. Um, so yeah. it... I, I, it's, it's up in New Hampshire. That's where the seller is. That great state that I forget exists sometimes. Don't kill me, New Hampshire residents, all four of you. Don't worry, they'll um, kill
1: me. I didn't say anything about New Hampshire. I'll get off it.
0: Um, so, I don't know about... It's hard to know what a price is. There has been one of these that's been auctioned off in a very, very long time. I believe the last one that sold was an auction around 18000 This was like five years ago. And then... I think the person that paid it and it went for the sale, and I was like, 18,000. 18, a couple 18 centuries or, ago. Or 20,000. What's that?
1: 18,000 is a couple centuries ago. Are
0: you, are you trying me be funny or are you being just dumb Ian? <laughs> is this dumb pre matrimonial Ian? Is there any difference? No, there isn't. <laughs> you nut. All right, so I'm interesting to see what the sale's for. I would love to see an actual auction, though, because the past few NWC cards, the past four, including mine, have not gone via auction. They've been private sale, and it's nice to see a new benchmark. Um, you know, actually, you know what, the, the Howard, the Howard Phillips one did go for like 17 or 18,000, but, but that also included a lot of his, his nice swag. I'm that surprised that's all it went for. Well, the one before, well, that was a new uh, best one though, because before that, I think it was like 10. So that's almost double than what the one that went before that, I believe. What are the grades going for? That's what I said. Oh, okay. Okay. 17.
1: Gray, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Howard
0: right, Phillips cut Gray that he had yeah. went for like 17 and change, but he also had like all the NWC material and letters and stuff like that. So it was like, wow. So, there you go. NWC Gold Cart. They're not a scumbag seller. They are a fortunate seller. Yes. Or a lucky seller of the week.
1: Yeah. Lucky seller of the week.
0: This was alerted to me by uh, a guy named Scott, who I run into the uh, convention. It's a very nice guy. About a new limited edition Zelda Hyrule Warriors. Zelda Hyrule Warriors is a hack and slash game like Dynasty Warriors, which came out like what like a week ago. I have it. Have you played it? Yeah. It's fun. So, B- this came basic. out. And I guess a limited edition one came out only at the World of Nintendo in New York City. What was it? What was 300
1: copies. There's 300 three, copies. There's only 300 copies of the damn thing. So
0: people were lining up outside to get this. This also, though, came out, I believe, in Europe and Japan. Actually, the Japanese one looks a lot better. It has a freaking clock in it. This basically has a scarf. Get a nice scarf with this and a nice little collector's box. So they're already getting flipped on eBay. I've seen them go for like 600 to 700 I think one idiot bought one and bought it now for 1000 so I guess the question about this is special editions, are, special editions are cool, but what are your thoughts about having something that's so limited and only... it's This isn't like a chance to get it at more than one store. You had to be in the New York City area to get one. Do you like the idea of doing this? No. And I mean, it's hard for me to get, like,
1: overly emotional about this because while I like the game, I'm not... I've said it before on the podcast. I'm not the biggest Zelda fan. I like certain entries in the series. But, no, I can see this... Being upsetting to uh, the, the diehard Zelda fans, of sure. which there are plenty, because they never got a chance to get it unless they were in New York City at the time of the release. And then you have to be one of, like, I think it was 300 you know, people who was able to get this. And if you're the hardcore collector, you're going to get it no matter what it comes with. But then... You're struggling to get it, and it's not even the coolest limited edition. That's oh, the not. scarf is cool. I mean, I understand, but, but but there's already people making like perfect recreations of the scarf online. Like, I, yeah, I saw I saw
0: scarves for sale that almost looked like so, the, so, the real ones.
1: Yeah, so you can get the, these beautiful scarves on you know Etsy or other places for you know much more reasonable prices. And I just feel bad for the Zelda completionist who now has to hunt this down and I, is going, I spend
0: maybe a thousand dollars. I
1: mean, you know it's kind of like. Um, I don't get real caught up in 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 uh, limited pieces, but um, oh. I would have taken the gold Ducktales cart, you know. Oh sure, but I'm not going to pay thousands of bucks for it, you know. And because I wasn't in the the, the, the gaming press, I didn't I, I didn't have a chance to get it. Why wasn't I sent one? Because you're you C list. But I, yeah, no, I guess I guess I don't.
0: The like. US version stinks. I'm going to come out and say the Japanese version has this cool black and white box. Nice. And it has, it comes with a freaking treasure chest in it. Like in the game, you open up able to get the items. It comes with a freaking treasure, treasure chest. That's cool. The U.S. version have it. I think what happens, I think the word was, at least, uh, don't kill me on this, but I believe that the U.S. one only came out because they had leftover stuff or leftover scarves and said, we'll just put out this limited number mm. in the U.S. Well,
1: I also don't I, think I, they were th- expecting it to be this popular here. Yes. Because it
0: is just a Dynasty Warriors game. Here's the fun part about this shit, though. And Nintendo's kind of done this in the past. Anything Nintendo put limited, what's to say they're not going to do a second run of these? Because they they can do that any time. They can make more. They can commission more scarves and put out a thousand more. And then I'm not going to laugh at the people that are spending hundreds and hundreds and a thousand dollars on them. But it's like you could have waited. I'm saying if it happens, there's no guarantee, but there's a chance they could could do that, do the demand.
1: Well, and sometimes they don't hold value. Uh, We have one of the Pokemon Center um, Game Boy Advances in the store right now, and it's not going for any more than a normal Game Boy Advance. Why? Because it just never held its value. Also, it's a little bit dinged up, but still, you know, you would think something like a limited edition Game Boy Advance from the Pokemon Center would hold some, you know, be more. But we just we couldn't find a reason, a, a, you know, a reason to up the price on it. Sure. So, I don't know, but yeah, I don't like the ultra. Li- if you're going to do a limited edition, fine, but, but but give the wide range of people who live in that country the the ability to get it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're Nintendo, I mean, what did this cost at? Uh, uh, World of Nintendo, I'm guessing probably like 80 bucks or 100 bucks. Probably. probably. I mean, the game is bucks?
1: 60, probably 80 to 100, yeah.
0: Alright, so they threw in a scarf that cost them probably a dollar to make in bulk, $2. So Nintendo's probably looking like, wow, we're making a lot. This is, we, we yeah, let's put out a 1,000 more of these. That's pure, that extra $4 is almost pure profit for us. You know, we can just start pumping more of these out. What if they start doing that? I don't... Has Nintendo really done that? What, what did they do with that Super Mario Brothers one that was on the Wii? What did they do oh, with that? Oh, no,
1: see, you're, now, you're, now you're being a little bit misleading. Um, the Super Mario Brothers, when they reprinted it, they reprinted it without the history book. Okay. And the Metroid Prime Trilogy, they reprinted it without the steelbook case. So, they, so, the, so, what, so there was a difference? The, they did make things that differentiated these titles. Okay. So it's it's not like Nintendo... Yeah, I I, I don't think what you're speaking of is actually going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of seeing what it's worth, and because it's Zelda, it's probably going to go up. But it could happen. I, well, yeah, sure. Anything could fucking happen. I could start wings and fucking fly right now. No,
0: no, you can't. See, that's not going to... No, no, that exactly. could happen. No, 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 it, it can't. It could. No, it actually can't. It could. I'm a no, wizard. No, I'm a fucking wizard, No, see, so you, can, you can make a new scarf and a new box and throw it in a in a package. Was that our new sponsor? Ballast Point.
1: Um, Yeah, I was hoping it would give me some wings, but it didn't. Anyway, uh, um, briefly touch on the game. If you haven't played it yet, it's a lot of fun. It is
0: Dynasty Warriors. It's nice to see the Zelda characters in HD. Does it bother you having the the character with the big tits? Does that bother you being in a Zelda game? People were upset about that.
1: It doesn't doesn't bother me. Um,
0: It's just just boobs. Um, (laughs) It's just just boobs. (laughs)
1: um, The addition of items is nice. It's fun that, like, when you throw a bomb, instead of throwing one bomb, you throw, like, a billion bombs, you know? It, 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 oh, okay. It's, yeah, it, it, it's fun, and the uh, the the um, GamePad TV co-op is pretty
0: fun, too. Sure. I, I don't usually like third-person hack-and-slash like that to me. They get old after 30 seconds, but if it's a cool concept, why not? It, it, it's one of those things where, like, I need to play a game like
1: that once every four years, and this is my fix. Gotcha. Um, I noticed that's not really on here, so I'm just going to touch on it real quick. You're not playing it because you don't give a shit because you're a bad gamer. Um, but I figured I'd briefly talk about Smash Brothers on the 3DS since it's actually out, and people are probably going to be like, why didn't you talk about Smash on the weekend? You, you are
0: welcome to add CU podcast topics as well. I know you don't like doing it, but you can do mm-hmm. it as well. Well, because I, we were supposed to do this quick, but you decided today
1: was the perfect time to experiment on a new laptop. Um I say experiment? What are you, Canadian? I guess you are. Time yeah, up from yeah, I'm from Buffalo. I'm from Buffalo. I just want, yeah, the new Smash Brothers is a lot of fun. It's good and local, but um, everyone's really enjoying it, and that's good, because I am too, but I'm going to sound kind of like a negative Nelly here. Uh, You should not, we should not, we were playing four players the first time that it came out. Okay, local four players. In the same room. Same room. We should not have been getting freezing.
0: Uh, The game was freezing on all of yours at once? Yes. Wow, that's some weird communication issue.
1: Yeah. Um, also, online is, I I mean, and I'm sure they'll, I'm hoping they'll fix it for the Wii U version, but online is, uh, there doesn't seem to be a real in-between, at least for me. The matches are either basically unplayable, or they're smooth as silk. Really? Yeah. Huh. But... As I play the game more, um I have less and less of an issue with the circle pad. It doesn't feel mushy to me. The game feels still- proper. I love all the levels. Um all is, the characters are fun so far. Is yeah. there an option to adjust the sensitivity of the of the If there is, I didn't even look into it oh, okay. because I just I, I got used to it very quickly. So, we've been having fun and uh you know, it's definitely a game that Vannie and I will be taking with us when we leave because it's just so perfect for like plane flights and train rides and stuff like that. Um I'm interested in what the competitive scene is going to think of it, though, and if they've laid down their. I
0: don't the, think it'll be competitive because you'll be able to put on a big TV. Well, it'll be competitive
1: at places. Your kid, yeah, you're crazy at places like conventions and stuff. People, no, I, will,
0: I mean like it's not going to be any of these tour like huge tournaments for cash.
1: Well, no, but it took Smash Brothers Forever to get into a huge tournament for cash.
0: But yes, you can put that on a TV, though. This you can't put it on a TV. There's no output, I, I which know. which is insane that they don't they didn't put an output on 3ds.
1: I know. But. I'm saying I, I, yes. I realize the Wii U one will be the one used for tournament. I'm just saying, competitively, the people who are trying to play competitively online right now, are I, they
0: trying to already? Well, yeah,
1: people are playing. I mean, I'm sure they are. I mean, they, that that people are there are rankings.
0: Low. Is there, is the for fun and glory mode also in this version as well as the?
1: Yeah, and okay. honestly, I like it. And, and here's something fucked up. You ready for this? I like playing without items. Oh! We
0: lost you two! Nope. You didn't lose me. You didn't
1: lose me, because I'm Ah. still doing 50-50, and I love playing with items as well, but like, what I've been doing is I'll play like three or four games with Mm. items on, and then I'll turn items off for two games. And it is fun to see how much it drastically changes the game. Um, You have to understand that this is the first Smash I've put any real time into. I, I mean, even Brawl, I didn't put a lot of time into since the N64 version, so... To see how m- much the game has kind of progressed and balanced with the limited moveset, mm-hmm. it, I don't know that I prefer it without items, but it's definitely actually fun without items. It's its not unplayable. It's, it's neat, especially because I think the levels are designed better so that items
0: aren't necessarily necessary.
1: Also, whenever I play with items, uh, I always
0: throw the item directly in a hole. Because you have no hand-eye coordination. Exactly. That's not the game's fault.
1: Right. So if I so so if I turn <laughs> items off, I don't have to embarrass myself by
0: constantly throwing items
1: into pits, uh, holes, I and off the side.
0: So no fun factor, but at least I don't embarrass myself.
1: <laughs> Fuck off. Anyways, so, um, lastly, here on our main topics, Woo! Hyperkin. you guys can fucking blow me. Um, Retro Five <laughs> price increased by twenty dollars. Where was this reported, or was this something in
0: the in the trades, like?
1: Uh, we got an email saying that the MSRP for Retron Fives would now be one fifty nine ninety nine.
0: Talk it to the Mikey. The MSRP <laughs> for Retron <laughs> Fives would
1: now be one fifty nine ninety nine. So, if you've been keeping
0: track, about two. It started
1: weeks. at a hundred.
0: It started at a hundred, then one forty. It, then it, they, they they raised the one forty. I believe in the spring after all the delays. and Then it finally came out in like uh, what was it May? Um, so. Now, with the controversy with the source code, and especially with SNES, 9X, and the Genesis emulator that were included, that explicitly say you cannot use this in a commercial product, besides perhaps the other alleged uh, misuse of all the other open source GL. Well, plenty of people have
1: explained how they can, but they have to make it available.
0: They haven't done their job. Hardware they, 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 yeah, uh, they, they, they,
1: hasn't done it. Yeah, they, didn't, they haven't done it. They didn't do what they were supposed to do to make it. Okay.
0: Basically, the best way to make this okay is if you ship the damn thing with no software and told you where to put it on yourself. Then that would have been maybe okay. You know? or, or release all the source code way up front and not wait. It. Or put it all on their website. Here's the problem. If, if what
1: I'm getting is kind of... They had to make it available. So if on the Hyperkin Retron 5 website sure. they'd put all these emulators, this is what we're using, then I believe, and someone can correct me, and that's fine, because I'm, I'm probably wrong on... on, on all sorts of aspects, but they need to make this available and they need to acknowledge it. So they could put it all on the retron five website is what I'm thinking. And then they could release the retron five. Here's the problem. If they put it all on there and everyone realizes it's just a fucking emulation box then everyone's going to go make their own goddamn
0: emulation box. Yes. So, so I think they
1: were being really sneaky about it. They're
0: being sneaky, and then plus, yeah, and the fact that they're jailhousing it and not allowing you to do anything with this software they don't own. They're basically they're basically changing how the software is be used to their own device. Which, again, there's a lot of shit. Here's here's the thing: Why did they raise the price by twenty more
1: dollars? Well, why? I, I, who? I, I... I mean, who in their marketing... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm under the impression this is like five people. Who decided that, that was the way to suddenly generate goodwill amongst people after the scandal came out? Like, yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We we used other people's uh, emulators, and we didn't credit them. And by the way, we're going to raise the price $20.
0: Do you think this is uh, either, one, a reaction? I, I don't think it'd be out of spite. that would be really weak of a company to do that. Maybe they see, hey, we're going to need money for upcoming, maybe a legal battle. Or maybe they're thinking, let's not produce any more of these because there might be an injunction, so let's just pump the consumer for as much cash as possible. Say say they have 1000 left that they're going to come out with, and that's it. <laughs> that's- so to them, we're going to be making $20 extra pure profit on 1000 You do the math, that's a lot of money. It's
1: $200,000. Those are the two you theories know. that I've heard the most, and honestly, those are the two that have entered my head. And after thinking about it, I think it... That's 20000 My math's wrong. Yeah. My math is always wrong. So. <laughs> um, I think it's. I think it's. It, it could potentially be that we've got a warehouse full of these. Let's make the money off of it. We can, and then we may have to go back to
0: you know the
1: drawing board.
0: Oh, okay. So the same sort of thing where yeah, we have a sale. We have a thousand left. To that, we're going to start from scratch. Because
1: if I remember correctly, and I could be. Totally wrong, but I don't think I am. I believe the Retron 5 was not supposed to be emulation-based initially.
0: Really? Yeah. The cost would have been exorbitant then to have all these different readers and, you know what I mean, have all the actual hardware on it. Not necessarily. Okay. Nintendo on the chips are cheap. But then you have to do that for seven systems. Well, yeah. And then, and then you're getting to that point where then you wouldn't have all that 100% accuracy emulation. That
1: well, w- You don't have that.
0: No, but I mean if if the emulator's Okay, I I, it properly, right, I I get what you're, versus saying. On get what chip, you're saying.
1: Sure. On the um, chip
0: always have issues with sound and it's always But because- the people who I mention it to and
1: I, and I can't rule it out. Um, you know, there's but a lot of people are saying, well, they obviously raised that 20 bucks because if there's going to be any sort of legal action, they need the extra money. And that's possible too. I can't imagine that Hyperkin knowing what they sell stuff for and knowing what our profit is on it, I mean, I, I don't think that they're a company that's necessarily swimming in fucking money. So sure. if something like this were to come along, if, if a suit were to come along, um, they could sink them very quickly.
0: Sure. Um, I saw something about the, the, you know, the new update actually the firmware a couple days ago, and they I think they locked it down more than what people were doing. People actually figured out how to add the IPS patching to ROMs, which if you know what IPS patching is, it basically enables you to add, say, translation to a, a yep. Japanese ROM for like Fire Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Things, things of that nature. And so people were doing these with, with their games. Doing, or you were adding uh, I guess for like, a, say you have a Pokemon ROM in IPS patch, I guess you can unlock you know, the stuff without playing through it. Things like that. So people were figuring out how to do that on the Retron 5. And I guess the latest patch takes that away. <laughs> so so people won't grab the latest patch. I mean... So it just goes to show they're trying to control this device when it's only matter of time where this thing's going to be busted wide open. They you know. should have
1: thought about this way more than they did.
0: There you have it. Um so if you wanna if you wanna get the system, go out and get it. It's just the, the moves they've done from a PR perspective though over this whole long drawn out process have not been good for them.
1: No, I think it's kinda gross.
0: We are going to Q and A time on the CU podcast. First up is at Leaving Luck. Who either of you own any game and watch units? Any thoughts on the game and watch collectors market? I own about six or seven Game Watches. Most of the basic ones, you're not talking about rare ones, uh, maybe a couple that are hard to find. I, I have Tropical Fish, um, but I also have like Donkey Kong 1, Donkey Kong 2, Donkey Kong Jr. I have the Legend of Zelda ones, I have the Mario Cement Factory, I have the Micro uh, versus Ice Hockey one, Donkey Kong one. So these aren't ones that are ter- terribly hard to find, even though it's like you're going to walk down the street and find a Game & Watch, because they're, the more, they're the, probably the most coveted handhelds out there, because it's Nintendo and they're very well made and very fun. In terms of the collector's market, I know that it's very particular in terms of condition, things like that. And I know that basically, yeah, you're at the whim of eBay prices for the most part because it's not like you can find this on the street or mostly most stores don't have them.
1: No. Um, people have asked us before if we carry them, and we don't. And the reason why is um, they're decades old at this point, and uh, the lamps can burn out You know, basically the spots on the uh, LCD. And uh, that will destroy the value of, of, a, uh, of a Game & Watch. I myself have owned a number of Game & Watches. Um, I have owned some of the rarest pieces, um, but they never seem to stay in my hands for long because, well, fuck, weddings, trips, funerals, things like that. It's the easiest thing for me to get rid of. Um, the one that I, st- I, I, I had, uh, I had the Mickey Mouse Panorama. Snoopy panorama, which are two of the hardest to find pieces. Um, my Mickey Mouse I got when it was relevant, but uh, two of the lamps ended up burning out oh. on it. We um, got it, but you got the you got the Snoopy one, mm-hmm. and uh, I still have the Zelda double screen one. Um, my late grandmother gave it to me, and I'll never get rid of it. Um, it doesn't hurt that the Zelda one is actually a ton of fun to play as well.
0: So, next question. Is from at W. B. Stillwell. And he asks, "Hey Pat, I saw on your Pat page that you have a stretch goal of a TV show with Frank." Could talk a about little about that. Could talk a little about that. So, basically, on my Patreon page, yes, I started a Patreon. Oh, my God. My series. I called
1: um, you making that joke, and you were like, I wouldn't make that joke, and now you're making that joke.
0: I didn't make it in my video for my, for my Patreon well, page somehow. Well, I'm very happy. But anyway, yeah, Patreon, Patreon, we have one for the podcast. I'll, I'll start one for my individual uh, videos because it is set a separate entity. So, mm-hmm. basically, the biggest goal is uh, I would like to, I would love to do sort of a it's always sounding a Philadelphia-style tone of a series. I think that's what my writing is sort of geared towards. And I think if I took the character of Pat the NES Punk in that universe, that's what I think would naturally would come about it, something like that. Because when you see me do some of my skits in my videos, whether they were with Ian or with Frank, they are a little kind of goofy and cornball-y. And sometimes they go into a little weird areas. So just imagine that, but actually having a cast and it getting to situations talking with girls and getting into relationship troubles and going to the bars and having Frank get into a fight, maybe a bar fight or something here and there. I think it, 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 there's a lot of stuff that could be mined from that. And People have asked in the past, would you do a Pat the NES my movie? And my, my answer usually default is no. I don't think you could work as a movie. But say if you did a 10 episode, you know, 10 22 minute episodes, you could, you could do something. The risk is a lot lower there and creatively... The risk is a lot lower because you can do one twenty-minute episode, and then have you know that's one story, but then you have overarching you can have an overarching plot where something else is going on. I think that would work better with my style. I'm not saying it's ever going to happen. It'd be nice to get to that goal, but I- I'd love to see that be a possibility. So, next Ian's
1: question
0: is: This is speaking of Ian. This is from at. Wow, that's a really hard one. At NSA19984987, where did you two guys know each other from? And, Pat, where do you know Frank from? Where I know Frank from will be revealed, potentially, in a future video. But how did I meet Ian? Ian Frank is from the boiler room. (laughs) You want to talk about how how I met you? you remember that that sunny day in July of 2008? Uh, I was sitting behind the counter, and
1: some other jackass came in, and it was Pat. And uh, he kept coming in every summer. And, uh, we no, became... it
0: wasn't every summer. It was the next summer. It was the next summer.
1: Um, we became friends. We had those endless summers, surfboards, makeout sessions, cold beers on the on the sand. Um, California dreaming. California dreaming. Uh, <laughs> the show. I, b- I believe the first thing he ever bought from me was a boxed prince, a, a complete Prince of Persia for seven ninety nine. Not true. What was the first thing he ever bought for me?
0: It was Baby Boomer.
1: Oh, Baby Boomer. That's right. Yep, for fifteen, I believe.
0: I, I came into the store. This was at the location on Voltaire Street, which I love that location. I
1: miss that. I mean, I don't miss it in the summer. It's a but fucking sweat box. So
0: kitschy and just, oh, I love that store. If you see my couch on 6-in-1 review for that store.
1: Yeah, the oldest videos with him in it have the old store.
0: Um, so, yeah, I came in. I was. I went to the, that was, I think, the Saturday or Friday I came in. I came here in 2008 to go to Comic-Con and because the Watchmen panel was there. That was the last time I ever got to Whole H on a Saturday morning <laughs> for the Watchmen panel. I Damn you, Zack Snyder. Anyway, um, so, yeah, going to the store, Ian seemed a little, you know, a little strange, a little sort of one of those employees that, yeah, he's the type of guy, like a record store employee that, okay, what do you want? you think you know more than me about anything? And I I talked to him, and, you know, I talked about collecting, how, you know, I I had a good chunk of games, looked around, I picked up Baby Boomer. I believe I picked up maybe a couple others. Uh, at that point, I'm not sure. I think I got the Prince of Persia the next year. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah I bought, that was second year. I think I bought maybe three or four games. Okay, yeah, but at least Baby Boomer.
1: Yeah, Baby Boomer was the good, the good pick.
0: Uh, Baby Boomer, and and, and so, um, maybe Pest Terminator or no, it was Baby Boomer.
1: No, was that, you? Definitely got Baby Boomer from okay. me.
0: Yeah, I was thinking maybe I got Pest Terminator two males the next year. Now the same weekend where I went to the Swap Meet for the first time in San Diego and got the Virtual Boy in the rental case. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow, I'm probably gonna move here because of that. <laughs> Frank, you know, uh, you know, Frank mailed that back to me. Actually, I'm like, yeah, Frank mailed it back to me. He's like, all right, yeah. So, um, so the next question is from uh, Karen. Hey, Karen at Niemla, how to explain your video game collection to quote normal people who don't do gaming or collecting? All right, this is um. I think the best way, this is how I did it in New Jersey at least, when if you go on a date with a girl, you're lucky enough to bring a girl back home to your apartment, and the first thing you see is two big shells of games, you say to them, okay, I have this hobby. I'm passionate about old video games. I grew up with them. I I, I think they are great. They are fun. And I think as long as you don't talk about it in a creepy way, you try to bridge that sort of gap about, this is what I enjoy doing. They are fun. It's like it's like collecting music or movies. Sure. They'll understand it. And and I'd say ninety percent of the people I've talked about with it got it. And liked it. And, and most of them are even like, oh, you know, let's play oh I like Duck Hunt or let's play a game or something. And you know
1: it it's it's funny. I think people look at collections and they initially Does it have the stigma it used to? It, no, it doesn't. And that's the thing. First of all, I don't think collecting games or music or movies has the stigma that it used to. Um two um, I do think that the first time a friend comes over or um, someone that you're dating, but, you know, like even just a, like you made a new friend and they come over and they see something, they're going to attach something to you. Like, uh, you know, they might look at video games and assume you're a huge nerd or they might look at records and assume you're, a hu- you're you know, you're very pretentious or they might look at, you know, movies and assume something similar. Um, but... You know, once they know you and they look at it, provided and another thing is organization. It's like any collection looks good well organized.
0: Yeah. And and then
1: and then what you have to do is you have to kinda if they express any if they look at it and they say nothing, you just leave it at that. But if Hmm. they express interest in it, you invite them to look at it. So, like you said, you invite them to look at the games because everyone knows NES games and they might find something they want to play. If it's a movie you know, your friend might see something that they haven't seen in a few years and they want to watch it. What happens all the time when people come over to my house because I listen to music all the time is, you know, they initially see this daunting record collection, but then they kind of start idly flipping through it and they go, oh, Smokey Robinson. And they pull it out and they're like, can you put this on? So you know, I don't think collecting anything has the stigma that it used to. But it's just a matter of keeping it organized and inviting people to partake in it with you.
0: There was one girl I went on uh, two or three dates with um and the first time she saw it, she was okay with it. I guess either she probably soured on me or wasn't into me so by the by the last time I saw her, she made like a, she literally made like a 40 year old virgin comment and I didn't say anything, but I was like, well, that's kind of weird because the first time you saw it and the second time you didn't say anything so it's like that's kind of weak you know, to say something like that but like I said, most people that are you know they' no problem with it you know and now it's out of sight out of mind. Yeah. From anyone. It's it's tucked away in the game room.
1: Alright, I'm going to read this one. Because I like this question a lot.
0: Uh, Travis McMillan.
1: Travis, we love you, but stop posting so many questions. <laughs> you, you get one. Your questions are good, but you get one. Okay? Quality, not quantity. Uh, loaded question. How much does video game history suffer from revisionism? I.E. E.T. Worst Game Ever, Super Mario Bros. 2, Illegitimate, etc. How much a fuck-ton of it, okay? Pat and I have mentioned this in passing before, but, um, I mean, just to go with the ones that you mentioned right right now, E.T. is not the worst game ever. E.T. has a lot of problems. E.T. is not even a particularly good game, but it has a lot of good ideas. Um,
0: Super Mario Brothers, 2, at the time, no, game. no one gave a fuck. It was a, either They didn't know or they didn't care. Actually, no. Nintendo Power actually mentioned yeah. it. That yeah. was Doki Doki Panic, and no one gave a shit.
1: Right. No, but, but here's the thing: at that point in time, no one was used to to sequels to these games. Yeah. They, just, they weren't blockbusters, so no one was necessarily expecting more of the same. It was no. just it was just something different. Um, the one that I always bring up because I know it's hard, but it so totally gets unfairly shit on, and it's one of my favorite games is Zelda Two. Um, Zelda 2 is a fantastic game and is dumped on constantly by modern gamers, but it Since, wasn't when it came out That's but it amazing. wasn't when it came it was out excellent yeah and it's only dumped on because it doesn't kind it doesn't fit the 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 mold of other Zelda games so a lot of this a a, a lot of I think modern opinion on older games well, like the ones you had mentioned is definitely um I, th- I think I
0: think this comes from younger younger yes. people. So they think that well, oh, I grew up with say they grew up with the the sixty four Zelda games and on so that's their idea of a Zelda game they go back to Zelda two oh this is going to obvious too or the same with the Super Mario Brothers game Super Mario Brothers two the the the, the quote unquote real version it's a piece of garbage I you like get, I, play I, it. I like it but I don't I mean, like it because because all they did was add like a few new elements to it pasted the rest on and made it really fucking hard. And that was just Super Mario Brothers 2.
1: I mean, I like that, but I don't necessarily like it more than what we got as Super Mario Brothers. 2. Oh, it's not even
0: close. We'll, 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 we'll add wind to it. We'll add a dumb mushroom, which makes no sense. Howard Phillips, explain this to me, in person, because I, I asked him about it. I was like, alright, Howard, what was the deal with this? Why did Super Mario Brothers 2, why didn't the Japanese come out? And he said, they sent us the game uh, to North America, we played it, and I was like, "All right. First of all, it's really hard. But second of all, you just change all the gameplay balance from the first one, which made it a good experience. But right? you can run through quickly, yeah. and get the mushrooms. You can't run Super Mario. Bo- you cannot run through the Super Mario Bros. two Japanese version quickly at all. You get destroyed. So they basically changed what made the first one good." And he said, Cue "Because
1: someone putting a speed run into the comment section yeah, right e- exactly. now. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. But but do that. To, but do that. You know, with the, with the first hundred times you even play it, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know." Uh, so they basically it, it changed the foundation of the gameplay of the first one, and I agree. Why put in power ups that that harm you? It doesn't make any sense. You know, is there any games that really have done that to that extent? Especially after the first one, we're used to that. You know, and so no, I'm glad we got the Doki Doki Panic version. I think it's a wonderful game. Again, I think there's an echo chamber uh, with with commenting on the internet, and you you seek out you seek out people with similar comments. So if it gets to the point where you know, oh, it's the worst game ever. Uh, Zelda Two, you know, it, it's not a real Zelda game. So you find where the people have the same opinion, and then it just grows from there. Right. So then, when you start when new people research Zelda Two, they'll come up with why Zelda Two. Someone blogs why Zelda Two is not a real Zelda game. Why E.T. is the worst game ever, you know, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, because when these games came out, when when I, I played twenty six hundred games uh, at my friend Billy's house, he and. If we if, if we we must have popped ET in, and we never said, "Oh, this is the worst game ever." Compared to the other the other twenty six hundred games, it's on the same. It, it's almost you know, it's almost on the same sort of platform as the other twenty six hundred games. It's not. You know I, what I mean, there's a lot of bad twenty six hundred games out there. Oh yeah, you know. tons that are worse than that. I had a guy in the store the other day,
1: who just incessantly argued with me that ET, and he kept saying this. E.T. was officially the worst video game ever made. Oh, was it voted on? Yeah, and I and after he said that like for the fifth time, I'm like, it's really it? not that bad. I said, I've played it; it's not great. I said, but it's got some good ideas. And uh, he kept saying, like, it's officially the worst game. And I said, how is it officially the worst game? He's like, I read it on the internet. Oh, and I wow. at that point I was just done. Well,
0: that's well, that's a bad thing with well. That using the internet for general knowledge at all, I, I think I spoke about this with. It could, it could have been Frank a couple of weeks ago that our generation, at least mine, are the last to do research without using the internet. To sure. actually get out books, look up magazine articles, maybe use the computer to look up journal entries, but actually go to the stacks, look up journals, look up magazines, and get that and use that for source of information. Well, you just can the use a
1: computer to do old school research without having to go into the stacks. But, but yeah, I'm talking.
0: Yeah. People use the internet as a consolidated Wikipedia page of knowledge, and that's my knowledge versus right. going and getting those individual sources and reading through themselves yes. and making their own decision. So there's something to be said for that. I'm not saying for video games you can always do that, but it's the mindset of here's the easy summation of the you know Le- Legend of Zelda Two, Adventure of Link, and what people think about it versus thinking for themselves and doing their own research or even playing through the game themselves. Yeah. And our last question for this CU podcast. Oh, dear John Jablonski, I
1: like you. Dear someone, who would you cast as lead in Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat the movie directed by Zack Snyder? My go-to pick is going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme, so we can get that epic spot where he is
0: doing the splits between two Indie cars. So you're talking, this is like 1980s Danny Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more of a modern A modern, so an older fellow, an older gentleman, more distinguished Danny Sullivan, more of a mentor role, Mm -hmm. maybe a Morgan Freeman. Oh, okay, that's fine. Some gravitas there, yes. He takes on a young, a youngster uh, on the indie, uh, indie, in the indie indie routes there uh, on the races, and uh, and then you know, maybe suffers a tragic injury halfway through. Or actually, no, the young guy suffers a tragic injury, then Morgan Freeman comes and he has to do the final race, so a reversal. That's fine, because the greatness of Danny Sullivan. You know, you, you cannot throw that under a rug. You know, you, you have to. That's why I, I wasn't
1: throwing the greatness of Danny Sullivan under oh, a no. rug. That's why I said Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm just envisioning the movie of being more of an action racer. Okay, where you're seeing something Docu- a little bit more dramatic,
0: more docudrama. Docudrama, <laughs> at, right? Like Oliver Stone's Nixon. Yes, you know. So you you go along, <laughs> you, you hit the points of historical accuracy, but also you embellish a little bit. Yeah, you know, exactly. So all
1: right. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's not our last question. We got one last one
0: from Jerron which well, I was, I put under the the things because we're not close to Halloween. We have another podcast for sorry, we're going to have to wait until Halloween. <laughs> we're not close question. to Halloween about a Halloween candy question.
1: Sorry about sorry about that tease, <laughs> Jerron Okay, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Pat, take us out of here.
0: So next time you'll be listening to us. Uh, probably be three weeks, not two weeks, because Ian's going to be I think in Buffalo then, or no, it'll be on his honeymoon then. Buffalo and Toronto. Oh, you're yeah, hunting in Toronto. Very yeah. nice. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I might do a a, a pat cast made by myself, in two weeks.
1: Yeah, everyone's gonna yeah. love that. That'll be re- well. Actually, some people might. love Some people that. will love. The, I, I'll just have
0: a. I'll, I'll put DDP in your place there, and may have better comments than you, better opinions that people want to listen to. <sighs> so we'll see you in three weeks for sure. Ian will be married. I'll still be. I'll still be pat. I'll still be plugging along. Uh, I'll have a new food market man is out within a couple weeks. I will be doing a Halloween video. Before Halloween this time, I said every year, but last year I think it was November 1st, so that was the closest I've ever gotten for a Halloween video. I'll believe it when I see it. So we're going to take you out. Thanks for listening to us on uh, iTunes, which we are highly ranked a lot. We get usually up to number four or five or three last time, so please listen to us on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. But hey, yeah, because people always say every week in the comments, why are you only on iTunes? We're not. We're not. We're also on Stitcher or ThePunkEffect.com. Exactly. Or you can list us on on the, the YouTubes when our video ports come out. So for Ian Ferguson, I am Pat Contry. Take care and Happy wedding, Ian. Oh thanks. Sound enthusiastic.